Welcome back with us. Tony and I have been talking some about um, Christ, not in the person of Jesus, the Christ, but as in Christ being the anointing, the anointing for Jesus and the anointing for the church. And so we hope you're able to um, sit in with us and join us as we pick up our discussion. Please connect with Arise and Shine by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Arise and Shine TV show or emailing us at TV at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you. We've talked some about different things about uh, the three words that I believe that are, well, we don't, I don't just believe, I know. Because sometimes when we say believe, we think, well, you know, that's I, I kind of suppose that they are. No, there's three words that are very, very close in meaning in the New Testament, and that's the word grace, the word Christ, and the word anointing. And the Bible has a lot to say about it, and we could spend a lot of time teaching on this, and we might do it because uh, if, it, if the church needed anything right now, that's what it needs. Mm -hmm. It needs the power of God in manifestation yes. in the churches, mm -hmm. the power of God in manifestation because it's the power of God that changes people's lives. Yeah. And there's a, that word Christ, you know, it doesn't, it's not Jesus' last name. It's, 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 it defines who He is, but it defines who He is because of what it does. The Christ is the anointing. Mm -hmm. It's the anointing that rested upon Him. That's what made Him who He is and, and allowed Him to do what God had called Him to do was that anointing that was on His life. You actually would say Jesus and the anointing of the anointed one. It's that anointing on Him. But then the Bible calls us the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, 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 you know, everything that you have, you know, it's amazing. Like in your head, you, you just look at your body and, and, and use it as an analogy for the body of Christ. Your head is where your, your mind, your will, your emotions mm -hmm. kind of start from. It's where you make your decisions. Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, and, and it's where your authority's at. That's what you decide what you will and will not do mm -hmm. and, and all of this. But without the rest of your body, your head is useless. Right. I mean, you're, you're like, you're, <laughs> it ain't going there. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, you're just kind of laying there and, uh, and you don't have any ability to do anything because without a body, there is no expression for everything that you are in the head. See, the body is that expression. The body is what carries out and implements what the head has chosen and what the head is doing. Yeah. And so that's where we are. See, we are the body of Christ. So that same anointing that was placed on Jesus by God in, in, in Acts 10, 38, Peter talks about that anointing that the Father placed on him. And now he is the head. The Bible says that he is the head of all principality and power. In Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, all that there is in God is in Him, and it all rests on the church. And if the church, if you as a Christian only knew who you were, if you only discovered who you really are and what the Father says about you and what He has given and made available to you, you wouldn't be running around looking for answers, darling. You wouldn't look, be looking for everybody in the world to pray for you. You wouldn't be running around with your hat in your hand. You'd be operating and acting on what God's called you to do, and you'd be seeing results like crazy all around you. You'd see things begin to change all around you. See, the church don't know who they are. Right. And when, I'm talking, when you're talking about the church as a whole, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? 
That's where, that's where the power of God is. It rests in the church. No wonder the church is under such attack. No wonder there's so much craziness going on. And then you've got how many denominations have you got that don't even recognize the person of the Holy Spirit and His office and His place. Well, you're talking about a huge percentage of what is so-called the evangelical world. And then you've got others that are Pentecostal, that are, are, are accepting and embracing things, and these other denominations are embracing and accepting things that keeps the Holy Spirit from being able to do anything. So God is crying out. He's calling out for those who will turn their hearts toward Him out of every denomination, out of every area walk of life to come into the fullness of His presence and, and give their lives to Him. I believe we're going to have to see a huge a huge move of repentance in the church before we can ever see a revival. And that's going to have to come through an awareness. So that's why we're going to teach God's Word. The church needs power. The church has got to have power. we got to have the power of God to live this life He's called us to live. If you think you can do it by yourself, that's the problem. Everybody's trying to do it by themselves. And that's why you got Christians that are struggling. That's why you got Christians that are so more into the world than they are into the church. And they want to be like the church. They want to act like the church. They, want, they don't want to stand out. Christians in the early days, they stood out. They were very exclusive. They were very to themselves. Why? Because they had the power of God operating in their lives. They had the power of God. And see, and there's a price to pay to have the presence of God in your life. And I think that's what a lot of the problem is. A lot of people don't pay that price. But in John, the first chapter of John, uh, First uh, John, rather, chapter 4, verse 1. Are you there? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and read. You find it. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you time. First John 4, 1. Go ahead and read those uh, four verses. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hmm. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Stop right there. We'll stop at number three. Because verse four is ones we always quote. Right. We always quote, you are of God. We've quoted it before. You are of God, O children, have overcome them, for greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Mm -hmm. Have overcome who? And overcome what? Mm -hmm. What? In context with what we're saying. Right. You've overcome that spirit of Antichrist. Mm -hmm. See, that's what it's talking about. And it's, it's, I think it's interesting the, the way that these words are put together. It's anti, it didn't say anti-Jesus, right. did it? You'd think it'd be anti-Jesus, wouldn't it? Well, Jesus in and of himself, he's, he, he, uh, he, he was, yeah, he was the Son of God. But remember, what made him who he was was, and, and I know that that really messes religious minds. You say, well, he was Jesus. He was God. Yeah, I know he was God. But he had to lay it aside. And you're going to have to work through that yourself and understand that he came and did what he did, not as God, but as a man. And, 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 and because he was anointed by God to do what God had called him to do. Right. If he had come as God, he would not have had to come as a baby. He could have just come down as God. And just intervened yeah. and just took things over and just changed it. But see, that wouldn't have been legal. Because see, Adam gave, Adam was a man, mm -hmm. and he committed high treason and turned the whole planet over to a foreign alien spirit, which was Satan himself. 
And so it had to be a man that came and took it back. And that's, that's why he came as a man. And that's why he had to be anointed. That's why it required the supernatural ability of God working in his life to allow him to do what God had called him to do. And so, so the whole fight is over. Is over. Yeah, it's over Jesus. Oh, yeah, you're definitely over him. Why? Because he's the Messiah. He is. He stands at the head of the anointed one. See, the anointing flows from the head into the body, not from the body into the head. See, it comes from him into the body. And so, it's yeah, it's against him, but it's against the anointing. Because, see, it's the anointing, Isaiah prophesied long before he came, it's the anointing that will destroy the yoke. It'll break the bondage. It's the anointing that sets people free. It delivers them. It's the anointing that causes them to be born again. It's the anointing that causes them to realize, oh my gosh, Jesus is my healer, and receive healing. It heals cancer. It drives out disease. Mm -hmm. See, it's the anointing. That's why he said the spirit of anti-Christ. Mm -hmm. It's anti-anointing. I mean, it's in opposition to, it's hostile to, it is against, and it pushes back against the anointing. See, the devil don't want the anointing. Why? Because that's, that's what sets people free. He wants churches to, to just come as you are and stay as you are. He wants churches just to have a good time and have social clubs and to just do nice things and, and help with the community and do things. You know, that's what he wants. But he don't want people's lives changed, so that's why he has to rob churches of the anointing. So when you go back, the church started with power. You can go back to John. Let's just do it. We're just going to work our way through this. Let's go back to John. I believe it's 21, Gospel of John, 21. I don't have really these written down, but it's okay. John 21. And a lot of people think that the church began at the day of Pentecost, but actually it did not. That was just when the power of God was released into the church because when you look in... It is John 21, isn't it? I've got this different Bible, so uh, let's see here. Where is that where he's, he appeared to them? It's in 20. Yes, it's in 20. Yeah, in 20. Okay, I see it now. I think I've got it. Well, when, now this is the first time that Jesus had appeared to the 11 the, the, uh, apostles or disciples, apostles, whichever. And uh, they were locked in a room, and he comes to the room, into the room, without opening the doors, and stands in the midst of them. And listen to what it says here, what he said. What's the first thing he said to them? According to the Gospel of John, verse 22, it says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Well, I say the first thing he said, Peace be unto you, uh, as the Father, and now listen, has sent me, so send I you. Remember, we mentioned that before. In other words, the Father sent them, sent him, so now he said, I'm sending you just like he sent me. Okay, now if Jesus needed the anointing, wouldn't you think that the church did? Definitely. Most definitely. Okay? Now he, but before he sends them, listen, he goes on and says, he says, and, and when he had said this, verse 22, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Well, I mean, he said, Receive it. And never nowhere in these, in these next few verses here toward the end of the chapter does it say for any reason that they did not receive it. So you have to believe that they received it, and they did. See, this was when the new birth took place. They were born again. 
they become sons and daughters of God. Everybody that was there received that right then. And of course, he goes on and says some other things, but we're not going. We don't talk about those, you know. But there, they received the Holy Ghost. They received the new birth. So you can see that the the um, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a totally secondary experience from the new birth, because it days later, you know, here in the book of Acts chapter one, we go over to Acts chapter one. Luke wrote this, and here it says in verse four of Acts chapter one. You want to read that? Uh, uh, read down, I think, through verse 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I think it's interesting. You see, we look over words and we don't really pay attention to what we're reading. And, and, and uh, we don't take the time to understand the meaning of words and put them together so we can get an, an, an actual uh, true account of what's being said. He said here, he said, because listen to how he says this. He said, the promise of the Father which you have, which you have heard, heard of me. Well, when did he hear? He said, Jesus said, well, he said, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which, you know, they hadn't received yet because he hadn't been glorified. You know, he'd already mentioned it to them. But he goes on and says, For John truly baptized you with water. He said, But you shall be, you shall, now listen, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Well, he already told them, you know, to receive the Holy Ghost. So see, they had the Holy Ghost inside them. Mm -hmm. But notice he, he coupled another word with it, and it's baptized. Mm -hmm. Well, baptized means totally submerged. It means to be totally submerged. It means to be totally engulfed with. It means to, to be saturated with. See, that's why that, he's, that we use that word baptized in the Holy Ghost because he's no longer just, now listen, in you, but now he comes on you. And then you drop down in that eighth verse of that same chapter and read that one. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And that word power is the same word we get dynamite from. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a supernaturally infused, recreative ability of God working in you. Now notice when he said there, he said, but you shall receive power. Now notice, after, mm -hmm. after, not before, after. Now listen, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now we have Christians, we have born again Christians that have the Spirit of God living inside of them. And He'll live in you the longest day you live until you go to heaven. But His desire is not to just stay contained inside of you. He wants to come out of that containment and come on you so that He can supernaturally infuse you with His ability to do what God's called you to do. He said, and, and, he, said, and he, he said, not many days hence, He said, you shall be in be power. And he said, and it'll be on you. He didn't say in you. He said on you. See, those words and those phraseologies are important because it tells us that God not only wants to live on the inside of us, but he wants to come on us to enable us to do what he's called us to do. Well, and that power to be a witness, 
when he comes upon you. You know, there's lots of times you want to share your faith with somebody, but you don't feel, yeah. you know, you don't really feel like it. You have to push through stuff. You don't do, you? you do. But when you have this, uh, this anointing to come on you to be a witness, and that's what he's saying. It gives you that ability to share. It gives you boldness when you need boldness. It gives you strength when you need strength. Oh, and God. not just to share your faith, but also to live your faith. There's things in our own personal beings that we need to overcome, and we can't do that within ourselves. You know, you hear people all the time talk about, you know, turning over another leaf or, you know, this or that. And, and every day is renewed, and we have every day, you know, to do more and to be better for the Lord. I'm not saying that. But lots of times you need more strength than you have within yourself oh, yeah. to be able to make those decisions and do those things. And it's this, the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that gives you that strength and those ability to follow through with those decisions. You, you, you step outside yourself. Exactly. Because see, it's, not longer, it's no longer just you doing right. what you're doing or saying what you're saying. Mm -hmm. See, He's actually living His life through you in cooperation with you. And He's giving you that supernatural ability. And not just, you know, to beat everybody over the head with the Bible and tell them that they're going to hell and you need Jesus. But that witness there simply is just living a life that would be desirable for somebody else to want to have. But most Christians don't. They live a beaten down, defeated life, always looking for answers, always looking for somebody to pray them through, always looking for this and always looking for that one. They have the answer inside them. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he does have that supernatural ability to, to he knows everything. And he can, he can give you no matter what the instruction. So many times we look externally for answers when all the time it's right here. All the time it's right there. Look within. See, that's where he's at. And he'll come on you, and he'll, he'll guide you and lead you and, and teach you. Now, you can go through the book of Acts, and we're going to do that for just a little bit. Let's just start with, we'll start with Acts 2. And here he's, because Jesus gave them this promise, that, and, and commandment, actually. It was more than a com, uh, just a promise. It was a commandment. He command, matter of fact, you look back up in, the, in that first part of that uh, chapter of Acts, he commanded them to stay in Jerusalem. It wasn't a suggestion. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and when you, when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so many people, they argue with it. They want to fuss about it. They want to tell you how it's passed away and stuff. But I'm going to tell you something, guys. Every born-again believer will have to stand before the Lord one of these days and give an account why you resisted or why you didn't do this or why you didn't do that. And I understand that, that most people, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says that if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those who are lost. And I know we look at that scripture as, you know, we're talking about the world. Yes, they are lost, and yes, they are out there, you know, in darkness, and, and their minds have been blinded, and they can't see just how wonderful that Jesus is and what he's done for them. But many Christians are right out there also in many areas of their life. Mm -hmm. If you're one of those that are out there, and you struggle with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, see, you're in darkness. You're in darkness if you're struggling, if you're thinking, well, it's been done away with. See, that's darkness. That's dark thinking. You know, or, you know, uh, all it does is cause confusion. That's dark thinking. See, that's lies. That's a lie. That's a lie the devil's told you. It is, his God, it is God's absolute will according to His Word. I can prove it from God's Word. That is it is as much the will of God for every born-again believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues as it is for everybody on this planet to be born again. It is God's absolute will. Because here he told them, go to the upper room. 
and stay there. Don't leave till the day of Pentecost comes. Now that was a day and that was an event. Now once that day and event took place, that no longer was ever mentioned. You don't have to tarry. You don't have to wait. You don't have to try to talk God into giving it to you. All you got to do now is receive it by faith and believe that it's yours and it'll come every time. But now let's read in the book of Acts chapter 2 and we'll just start with verse 1, honey. Start with verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one room. I'm sorry, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see there that... Uh, the experience that they had, and what's funny is Jesus didn't ever mention anything about tongues, did he? Mm -hmm. No, he just said you'll be endued with power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. But now you go back to Isaiah, and Isaiah prophesied that, that it would come, that he would speak to them with another tongue, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, so it was prophesied that tongues was coming. But they, you know, Jesus never mentioned it. But you say, well, how do you know when you're full of the Holy Ghost? How do you know? What did that say? They were all filled, and then they spoke. See, you, you're, when you, you, if you get full of the Holy Ghost, I mean, I'm talking about when he, when he can break out of that containment of the inner man and rise up into your soulish mind, into your mind and everything, and he can begin to flow freely like he wants to, I promise you, you'll begin to speak in other tongues when you get full of the Holy Ghost. See, that's what happened to me all those years ago. I was just praying. I wasn't trying to be filled with the Spirit. I didn't even know what it was. I wasn't trying to speak in tongues. Matter of fact, what happened to me, I began to pray, crying out to God because I was hungry and I had a desire for Him. You know, and it, it, all of a sudden, listen, it just began, it was, it was like I could, I could hear it rising up inside me. And it came right up into my, my intellect. And, and, I, and I heard these sounds. And I could have spoken them out, but I didn't know what they were. I didn't understand them. So what did I do? I suppressed them. It startled me. I don't know what this is. What is, what is this, you know? And so this went on for days and days and days till finally the Lord led me to some place, to a church, you know, that we go to now. And, and hands was laid on me. And, I, and it just, I mean, it exploded out of me because I had been, it was like, it was like a, a, an oil well that had been capped. And, buddy, when, when that cap come off, buddy, it, it just flowed out of me. And I was, and, and it was, New birth was wonderful. Being delivered from drugs and alcohol and all that lifestyle was absolutely wonderful. I mean, marvelous. But I'm going to tell you something. Being filled with the Spirit was icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. It was the cherry on top of the icing on the cake because it changed me in ways that was beyond description. God's power began to come into my lives and things began to happen in my lives. I began to understand the Word of God. And so many things, I had power now to live this life that he had called me to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and being filled with the Holy Spirit is, um, is kind of like, um, I don't want to say a portable church, but I was, because you were just talking <laughs> about when you get born again, that experience is just so, you know, tremendous. And it's just, it shakes your world, you know. And then you, I remember, and I've heard other people say this, when, um, you know, you go outside and it's like, wow, the birds sound different and the sky looks different, you know. But that's an experience and you always want to hold on to, to that experience. But then we have life. 
we got to go back and do life. I mean, you know, if we're in school or if we're raising a family and we have a job. And so this stuff just inundates us on a regular basis and it wants to draw from that life. It wants to pull it out of you, Exactly. And so once you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's like you have this source that you can tap into anytime you need to. Yes, praise God. And you draw the power from Him and that is the anointing. Yes. We have not lost track of our, of our topic here. That is the anointing, the ability to be able to... Just live everyday life. Yes, and to face these decisions of, you know, I have to do this and, you know, the Lord gives me grace and gives me the ability to have His input into that situation and then see that outcome. And when you're able to implement that in every area of your life, that's the witness that you are. That's the um, um, place of ministry that He has given you. And we're not talking about just sitting and doing this. Again, we're talking about being able to apply Jesus, apply His anointing into our lives to do what we need to do. And that's what draws people to you and to Him. When everybody else is sitting around trying to figure out what to do on the job because they got a situation they got to deal with, all of a sudden you just got a thought. Yeah. And that thought just comes up out of here. Sometimes you won't even realize where it came from. It'll just kind of float up into your mind, and you'll say something out, and everybody go like, oh, well, that's good. That, that'll work. See, that's what makes you different. That's what makes you different because you have access to the presence and the power of all that God is, the, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the uh, supernatural ability, you know, to, to be able to overcome everything that this planet can throw at you. See, that's who God has called the church to be, is a church of power and a church that not only changes the world through preaching and through, you know, uh, and, and street witnessing and all those things are good and we need those things. But I'm talking about just the ability to live a life above everybody else. And I'm not meaning looking down on people. I'm talking about living a life where that seems like, a, you know, the, what the Psalms 91 says, a thousand falls at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but none comes nigh to you. Yeah. And so we're out of time again. It is the, we've got the two minute. Well, minute, so. I, um, <laughs> I, I wanted to mention this real quick. You know, there's times when you're um, as even as a Christian that you have um, people that you see and you want to help. You know, you you see them struggling in certain things and and you want to be able to help them. And, you know, Jesus is the answer. But within yourself, and this was me before I was filled with the Spirit, within yourself you don't really have those answers. You want to say it's Jesus, but then you see your life and you're struggling with the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't, you, you can't really change yourself and your situation. So how do you have the, um, the wisdom or the ability to try to help somebody else? And this is what makes that difference. You know, when you see people that are um, hurting or that have um, things that they need to overcome, now you understand what it is and now you can reach out to them and say, yes, I know what this is. And yes, Jesus is the answer. And it's because of his anointing and his ability in us through the person of the Holy Spirit that we can overcome. It gives hope to people. It gives hope. It's that ministry of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. It is that ministry of the Spirit. It is. So uh, if you're out there today and you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we encourage you to do just that. Uh, all you have to do, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, if you just stop and sincerely invite Him into your life and choose to follow Him the rest of the days of your life. Now, it'll be a challenge, 
to follow him because the devil tries every day to do what he can do. But he is more than capable of putting you over in your life. God bless you until we see you again next time. Please connect with Arise and Shine by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Arise and Shine TV show or emailing us at Arise and Shine TV at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you.